Merry Christmas to everyone. It's so lovely to be here together, um, all together on Christmas Day. How great is that? And it's just um, such a blessing. We normally all combine together at our Paradise campus, um, but I believe this is the first time in probably many years that we've been able to do that. And so isn't that wonderful? Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, I really like the way you've styled your hair on Christmas Day today. Looking so good. (laughs) Fantastic. Excellent. Wonderful. And thank you so much, Dan and Catherine, for leading all of that. That was excellent. And isn't it beautiful to sing Christmas carols together? So good. Let's give it up for our band. Because, um, you know, we're kind of, we, we arrive, you know, on time for church. But I just want to honour the people that came really early. In fact, Gary, did you come at six o'clock this morning to set up the church? Gary came at six o'clock this morning to make sure everyone, so we, we thank you for that, Gary. And we thank all the, uh, the musicians and the band for coming early and just sacrificing that time with your family to come and bless us so that we can sing carols together. So thank you so, so much. Awesome. Well, I'm going to pray just before I start. Father, thank you that we are able to be here together on Christmas Day to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for this amazing group of people, Lord, that you've brought together, this church community. And we give you praise and thanks for uh, what you've done this year, even though it's been a crazy year for all of us. Um, God, we thank you that it's been also an opportunity for us to actually focus more on you. And so I pray as I speak today that that would be the undergirding message that we would be able to see you today in a new light. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, last month, Australian Retailers Association released its pre-Christmas retail sale forecast in conjunction with Roy Morgan predicting a robust return to shopping across November and December trading period with an estimated $54.3 billion to be spent across retail stores as people prepare for the festive season across Australia. Like, is that crazy or what? $54.3 billion was estimated to be spent over November and December for Christmas. That's a lot of spending, right? And I think for us being in the supermarkets and the shopping centres, we've seen the hustle and bustle of all that spending and people, you know, buying gifts and and it is such a good thing. It's beautiful when people actually go out and, and they buy a gift for people that they love. You know, the generosity that's displayed at Christmas time is a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. And, you know, people do tend to be a little bit more generous at Christmas time. They give more of their time. They give more of their money. They're 
gifts to one another, uh, their hospitality, opening up their homes, having family and friends and organising functions. People are giving, giving at Christmas. You know, I remember when our kids were little, um, when we had our two older sons, Ethan and Harrison, when they were really little. Um, oh my goodness, we would go to great lengths, right, to show and display our love for them. And so, um, and we love you too, Levi, as soon as you came along. That sounded terrible, didn't it? We love all our three boys equally the same, all right? <laughs> but, you know, I remember us staying up late to put things like drum kits together and trampolines and gym sets later on. And, you know, it was exhausting. In fact, one year, I remember it was like creating this epic event so that we could give to our boys a surprise on Christmas morning when we bought a swing set. Do you remember the swing set, right? And so it was epic. And so we were like, how are we going to put a swing set up in our backyard without our two boys noticing? I think they were like two and four at the time. So I had this idea. I said, oh, why don't, why don't we get, right, both our parents involved, so thanks parents, and um, we'll get the mums and we'll just like pretend to come up with this great idea that we're the mum, the grandmas and me will take the boys bowling. But while we're bowling, the dads can stay with you, Stephen, and put together the swing set. So we made it like an epic event the day before. And uh, we took the kids bowling and Stephen and our dads put together this swing set. And then we came home, we had to close the blinds and make sure that the boys didn't see the swing set in the backyard. And, you know, of course, Christmas morning was so exciting. They walked into the backyard and, and just, you know, were so taken by this beautiful swing set. But, you know, the whole purpose of us going to those great lengths in order for us to surprise our kids was so that we could display and show our love for them. And, you know, that's what we do at Christmas. Giving is a way in which we can do that with our loved ones. It's a good thing. Do you know that many studies have also shown that there is such power in giving? Do you know that giving is good for your health. Did you know that? That's amazing, right? It enhances your immune system. How good's that, right? It lowers your cholesterol levels. It strengthens your heart and it generally reduces stress. So, if you go to the GP and the GP's saying, well, excuse me, but you need to look after your cholesterol levels. Look, I, I just, you know, I want to recommend that you just go straight to Kmart and you go and buy a gift for someone and you just watch those cholesterol levels lower straight away because you're giving. But, you know, there's a great feeling that comes when you're giving to people. I loved even just this morning with our older boys, you know, we all, you know, they've got jobs now. It's like a whole new world for us. And it, yes, and Levi, even though you don't have a job, you spent your pocket money on us, which is awesome, right? It's all coming back. But anyway, it was so lovely to sit around the lounge room early this morning and just see each one of us opening up the presents. But, you know, giving to the people you love is amazing. It, it's it's such a beautiful experience, isn't it? It's so special. And you can see how giving could actually be life-changing for you. And so when we read uh, in the book of Matthew chapter 2, 
we read about the story of when Jesus was born. Now, technically, this actually wasn't when Jesus was first born. It was a little while after. But we read about the Magi, the wise men that came to Jesus to see him. And I want us to look at that today in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. When Jesus was born, some wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. And they came to the house where the child was and saw him with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and they worshipped him. And they opened their gifts and gave him treasures of gold, frankincense and myrrh. You know, right here we see the wise men not only giving of these valuable items. You see, when you buy a gift for someone that you love, that you treasure, you want to give that gift. You want them to actually receive something they want. And who knows it's so hard when you're shopping and you're like trying to figure out what to buy that person you love and you're thinking, all the conversations that you've had that maybe they mentioned something that they really wanted that you want to be able to buy. Isn't that so true? And you're racking your brain there in the shopping center. Well, this is what the Magi did. They wanted to give gifts that would honor a king or a deity in an ancient world. And what they gave was this to Jesus. They gave gold as a precious metal. They gave frankincense as perfume or incense and myrrh as anointing oil. And these were just standard gifts that you would give to honour a king. You know, but today what I want to look at is not just giving. You see, they did something else. They not only brought these gifts that had great meaning, that they had thought through to honour the king that had been born in Bethlehem in the form of a baby boy. But they did something else. In that passage of scripture, what we see is they bowed down and they worshipped him. And they did that because they had a revelation from God and saw that Jesus was a gift to this world. He was a gift to this world. And I think, you know, the tragedy can be this, that in all our giving, that we get through the hustle and bustle of just making sure we've got the right gift for the right person and we get all the presents under the tree. In all our giving, there's one thing that I want to encourage you today, and it's this one thing, that we don't forget to receive. Now, you might think, well, hang on, that's crazy. I love getting presents. It's really easy to receive. It's really, really easy to receive your favorite gift, what you've asked for. You know, I find the funniest thing is when you've gone and bought your present, given it to the person that's giving it to you, they wrap it up, and then on Christmas morning, you go, look at what I got. I got the gift that I went and bought for myself. But you know, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's wonderful because you end up getting what you want, but it's so funny. But so, I'm not talking about materialistic things today because it's easy to receive what you want. But I'm talking about receiving the gift that God has given us. 
In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. A gift that's been freely given to us, but sadly we can miss out. Sadly we can miss out because we're unaware or we haven't stopped to take notice of who Jesus really is. We're consumed with all our problems and clouded and blinded by what's going on around us. The busyness of life has caused us not to see who Jesus really is. We're distracted with questions. We want to know what it's all about. We don't understand completely. And so if we don't understand completely, we're not going to commit our lives to him. Or maybe we're just broken. Maybe 2020 has been such a hard year that you've just gone, you know what, forget it. I'm checking out. I am checking out of this life. I'm no longer interested. And you've closed your heart and you've put up a wall. But today, I want to remind you that Jesus is real. That Jesus loves us. That Jesus did came in the, come in the form of a baby. You know, if we were to organize a king to come to this world, you know, the other day I was reading in the book of Esther and the king went to a, a guy called Haman and he said, what would I do to honor somebody, you know, who uh, has done a great thing? And Haman actually thought it was a trick question. He thought it was for himself and he was like, oh, well, you'd want to like make sure he's got a royal robe and a signet ring from the king and you want him to walk down the street in front of all the people to honour him and make him special and, you know, give him glory and honour. That's, that's what you'd want to do to honour someone like a king would want to be honoured. But you know what? What, I, what amazes me is that our Father in heaven sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be born in the most humble of places where animals feed. In fact, he was laid in a manger where animals feed from. And you think, what? Why would that happen? But it's because the kingdom of God is upside down. It's the complete reverse of how we function and operate in life. And that's why it doesn't make sense. The Bible says when you don't have much to give. Well, that makes no sense because in the world I live in, if you don't have much money, you keep as much money as you possibly can because you don't want to give it away. But in the kingdom of God, God says, no, give it away because giving's good for you. And what it says is this, is that you trust me that I'm going to provide for you supernaturally. You won't see it coming, but you will trust in me and I will strengthen you to believe that even though you don't know what's coming, you're going to be trusting that I will provide for you. The kingdom of God is upside down and I think the tragedy and all the hustle and bustle of giving is that in all our giving, we miss that the gift that God gave to us in sending his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth for the very purpose of reconciling God to man in relationship with him. John 3.16, we all know it, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have 
everlasting life. He came into this world to give us so much. You know, we often say that saying, oh, you know, this is the gift that keeps on giving. But Jesus Christ really is the gift to us that keeps on giving. You know, this one has been a tough one for so many. But the gifts that Jesus Christ just keeps on giving to us is hope. He gives us hope. In Romans chapter 15, verse 13, it says, I pray that the God who gives hope will fill you with much joy and peace while you trust him. Then your hope will overflow by the power of the Holy Spirit. Another gift he gives us is peace. In John chapter 14, 27, it says, I leave you peace. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world does. So don't let your hearts be troubled or afraid. We spoke about peace a couple of weeks ago when Isaiah 26 verse 3 reminds us that you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on you because he trusts in you. Do you know what that says? That says that when the world is trying to distract us and derail us, when the enemy is coming against us, when everything is going wrong, we in that place can still have peace. It doesn't make sense, but it's how the kingdom of God works. And so I encourage you, if you have turmoil going on inside, you know, I want to even just mention today that this can be a difficult day for some people. You know, it can be a reminder of what you may have lost this year. And I think the, the biggest thing that we've gone through this year and, you know, for many people is that there's been grief. There's been a lot of grief in 2020. Why? Because people have lost their jobs. They've lost loved ones. They've lost their way of life. But do you know, in the kingdom of God, whenever there is loss, the Bible says that he brings comfort and he brings peace. And my prayer for you is that you would have a supernatural revelation, if that is you, this year, of the peace of God. Because the Bible describes the peace of God guards our hearts and our minds. And it transcends all understanding. And it's like when you speak to someone that it makes no sense, they shouldn't have peace. And yet you say, well, why are you so settled in your spirit? Why is there such peace around you? And they honestly struggle to explain how because it transcends understanding. It is beyond this natural realm because it's supernatural. I have experienced God's peace for myself many, many times when I have been through the tragic loss of my sister seven years ago when there was so much grief attached to that. But the God of all comfort came and showed me his peace. And I, I literally can't explain it to you because there is no words to describe what God did inside of me. Was it hard? Yes, it was still hard. But you know, when you operate with God in your life, this is what happens. Your circumstances may not change around you, but what is different is you. You change. 
because God is inside of you. And when God is inside of you, what happens is even though the circumstances don't change, because you change, you receive the peace of God. And when you can go through troubled times with the peace of God, that's what I call supernatural joy. Joy is another gift that Jesus gives us. You know, joy is a rare gift to find these days. Just pure joy because so many people are broken and hurting and walking around with their head down. But today, I want to remind you that Jesus gives you the gift of joy. In John chapter 16, verse 24, it says this, Until now, you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive so that your joy will be the fullest possible joy. You see, there's that receiving. We have to posture ourselves to receive Jesus. How do we do that? Well, we understand that we have to actually open up our hearts to him. And we have to open up our hearts and our lives to him. Even though we may not understand everything, even though we have, may have many, many questions, but we have to open up our hearts and our ears to hear him calling our name. You know, both by far... Oh, holy night, we sang it earlier and we're going to sing it again this morning before we go. But it would have to be my most loved Christmas carol of all time. We sing it every year of Christmas. But have you ever stopped and actually listened and taken notice of the words in the lyrics of Oh, Holy Night? You know, ironically, this timeless carol, which was composed by a man called Adolf Adam in 1847, ironically, was frowned upon by the church authorities who denounced it for poor taste and total absence of the spirit of religion. In the first verse, the writer invites us to imagine the world before the birth of Jesus. And he says it's a world that lay in sin and error pining. The word pining refers to the wasting away of the human spirit as it grieves and endures pain. He paints a picture of a world of darkness without light and a world of despair without hope. But then come the next three words, till he appeared. And that's when everything changed. That's when everything changed. And you may be here this morning going through a dark time, feeling like, what is this life all about? I don't want to live this life. I know that's pretty dark and deep, but that is the reality for many people in this world. But my hope and my prayer is this, that you would see Jesus, that you would see who he really is. Because, friend, he is real. And there are so many people in this place that would say, yes, I have experienced and every day experience the love of Christ in my life, his joy, his peace, and his hope every single day. And I would love that to be the world that we live in, but sadly it's not. But you know, the greatest thing is this, is that with Christ in us, we can make a difference one person at a time. 
the lyrics of Oh Holy Night go like this. And if the band could come, we're going to sing it together. Oh Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It's the night of a dear Saviour's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. That's the world we live in today. People are more interested in themselves, in following sin, in doing what they want to do, rather than acknowledging a God who sent his son Jesus Christ to die so that we may not be bound by sin, but we can be forgiven. And there is nothing more beautiful than knowing that you are forgiven. There is no one that is perfect in this place. We all messed up. We all mess up. For all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. That's what the Bible reminds us. But then it says this, a thrill of hope. Sorry, long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared. And the soul felt its worth. Do you know you matter to God? You are worth more than what you can even imagine. He loves you so much. And today, He wants to remind you that you are worth it. You are worth it. You matter to God. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angels' voices, O oh, night divine. O oh, night when Christ was born. You see, when Jesus came into this world, he came to bring hope. And my prayer for you this morning on Christmas morning is that you wouldn't just be consumed by all the, the giving and the gifts, but today you would remember to receive the one gift that matters most, the one gift that is Jesus Christ. At this Christmas season, every heart ought to say, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. In 2 Corinthians 9.15, you did not ask God for this gift. It was freely bestowed. And today he offers you these gifts, hope, joy, peace, compassion, love, healing, strength, grace, and forgiveness. And today, before we sing this song, I want every head to bow and every eye closed. The presence of God is here as we lift up the name of Jesus. The Bible says He will draw all men unto Him. Not me, not any of our leaders, but He will draw men to Him. You see, God works in people's hearts. And right now, you may be hearing this message and be thinking, well, I guess I'm just, I'm living life for myself. But I want to live life for God. Today, Jesus, let Jesus appear to you, just as he did with the wise men on that morning. And I just want to give an opportunity right now for anyone that wants to make a decision to follow God, to follow Christ, to put aside sin, to ask God to forgive them and to begin life following Him. I'm going to say a prayer and I'm going to invite everyone to pray this prayer after me. 
And as we do, what we're going to do is invite Jesus Christ to be Lord and Saviour of your life. So why don't we pray this together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus Christ to this earth. Today, I acknowledge my need for him. And I invite you, Jesus, to be my Lord and Saviour. Forgive me of all my sin. I want to follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name.